What up, world? It's your boy, the podcast mercenary, the Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican Kaiju himself, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're reviewing a pretty recent film, the uh, Hasbro pop property based off of G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes. Now, Snake Eyes is the story of one of my favorite uh, Joes, uh, who's a ninja, but in the old 80s, 90s, 2000s show, he never spoke. As far as I'm concerned, he never had a identity until this film because they try to give him a face now and give him a backstory and we'll see what happens it's the origin film of snake eyes but also it's a soft reboot of the gi joe franchise because there's been rumors that the gi joe franchise in general are going to be what's the word i'm looking for tied into the new transformers franchise because they're both hasbro properties as you know so i want to see how they're going to do this seamlessly because you're trying to convince me that giant robots are going to be friend of military uh we've seen that in B, uh, bumblebee i don't think it worked out well for him either so it's it's a little bit of a stretch but guess what this is a fantasy property based off a toy line i'm not here looking for depth and for like common sense it's more that wacky zany blockbuster type action stuff so i'm not here to tell you guys hey this is gonna win an oscar no this film is for your entertainment it's, you go in there, movie theater, blindly get a popcorn, a tub of popcorn, a soda, or icy, or whatever. You get yourself a whatever you need to get a stilted down candy and just watch this with glee because it's a fun film. And unlike G.I. Joe 2, that was pretty much a bummer, this one didn't kill off any main characters as far as I'm concerned, anybody important or anybody that shouldn't have been killed off. That's, uh, of course, it's a spoiler review. Uh, the film, let's just get started, shall we? Uh, okay, so Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, also simply known as Snake Eyes, is a 2021 American superhero film. Okay, so it is classified under a superhero film. Makes sense. Directed by Robert Shigwensky from a screenplay from Evan Speliotopoulos. My gosh, these Greek names are hard to pronounce for me. Sorry about that. And then Joe Shrapno and Anna Waterhouse. These are all the people that made up this Snake Eyes origin story for the Snake Eyes character. So of course, it being an origin film, it's pre-G.I. Joe. He's not a Joe yet. It's how he got there, his journey to becoming a world-renowned superhero. So the project was first announced in May of 2018. And I know before anybody even brings it up, Everyone wanted Ray Parks to be Snake Eyes again, because Ray Parks played Snake Eyes, you know, the guy that played Darth Maul. And he played a character good in the 2012 film? I don't even know what year it was. But this character needs to speak, and Ray Parks is more of a stunt and action guy, not much of a speaker. So they got Henry Golding from a Crazy Rich Asian fame, and this guy looks the part. He looks very much a leading man-esque, you know, he's got the good chiseled jaw, he speaks well, and of course he has that kind of, British accent is not so heavily British, so he can play an American pretty easily. And it, it's one thing that really brings the character to life. This character is an American drifter trying to get revenge for the death of his father. So this movie came out after many reshoots and delays. It was supposed to come out sometime in March. It came out in July of this year. Obviously, it just recently came out in July 23rd of 2021 by Paramount Studios and it received mixed reviews but then again again this is the kind of film you go in to just have fun people you don't go in here expecting an oscar winner. same thing i said about other films this movie is meant to be mindless popcorn blockbuster fun and if you can't have a little bit of fun during a pandemic yeah man you gotta lighten it up a little bit i mean we need something that's gonna essentially just be throw away it's a fun action flick and i think 
some people expect it to be bigger than it was. And again, it's an origin film. You're not going to get Snake Eyes from the beginning of the film. You're getting the actor who plays Snake Eyes, Henry Golding, more because that's how these origin films tend to be. Or how the, late, lately in the MCU, their origin films are kind of like fast forwarding, but the, this one actually is paced very well. So he's Henry Golding is playing Snake Eyes. He doesn't have an actual uh, alter ego. He is just Snake Eyes. He's a lone fighter with a mysterious past, known. Uh, Snake Eyes because uh, when he was a child his dad and him went on a camping trip in the woods and his dad was being tracked down by some people. People caught his dad, he hid in a room, but the guy that was trying to kill his dad and gave him a chance to gamble for his life, literally gave him paradise to roll to see if he lives. Kind of like how Two-Face had the Two-Face coin and sadly his dad rolled the Snake Eyes, you know what that means, right? In gambling terms, that's like the worst roll you can get. So his dad got killed and that's where he picked up the moniker Snake Eyes as an ode to his dad's death. So it's great because this film portrays the events of the character prior to becoming a heroic mass G.I. Joe in part of the global G.I. Joe organization. So he has rough edges, he has uh, character traits and kind of leads him to being a villain to be honest. So it's not exactly what you think. He's not a very cookie cutter hero, he's got a lot of issues to deal with. And that's what I like about this film. The character is not exactly what I expected. I mean, yes and no. I expected this guy to be an honorable ninja of sorts, but his character seems like a conniving American more than He kind of blends into the ninja culture via accident because what happened is, uh, and, all right, so this film starts where we're in an underground LA fight club and Mojo Raleigh of WWE fame is uh, his opponent in the ring. I'm like, what the, f this is Mojo Raleigh. So, He's there and he's, they're fighting harsh, but Snake Eyes getting his ass beat. Like he's getting the hands, like he can't keep up. So yeah, in the end he beats Mojo, right? He just gets a better implement there in his cage, full of concrete and, and construction stuff and takes him out. And a Yakuza boss by the name of Kenta offers him his father's killer's name if Snake Eyes will to work for him as muscle because he sees this guy's got some potential. Snake Eyes is asked to prove his loyalty by shooting a man who betrayed Kenta Literally, you find out that this guy's actually Kenta's cousin. I'm like, yo, family drama. Like, you're gonna kill your cousin off for what? To become the head of the Yakuza, to be the grand, you know, uh, Daimo, whatever the heck you want to call it, the, the big boss, like the godfather of the Yakuza, right? So he's willing to kill his own younger cousin. They don't get along. They're kind of estranged. So this younger cousin is named Tommy. Uh, him and Kenta both are in lead in line for their clan the Arashikage, or Arashikage, there we go. An ancient ninja society devoted to preserving an order and fighting off evil. Uh, Kenta wants to kill his cousin, and when he failed, he was banished. So he's in America doing his Yakuza business out here, where his cousin's back in Japan and living the high life. So because Kenta, um, was betrayed by Snake Eyes. Now Snake Eyes is on his radar, like he's, he wants his cousin and Snake Eyes dead. So thankfully, Tommy like gives him a, uh, not a blood oath, what do you call that thing? A uh, life debt for saving him? So of course, at this point, Snake Eyes is homeless. He's like, where are we heading? He's like, oh, we're heading to my home all the way in Japan and I got some business to there for you. So they go on a plane, they end up from, it seems to be LA all the way to Tokyo, Japan, and they end up in this giant palace where his grandmother, who's a current leader and elder, of course, but she's the one who is there to 
greet them. And mind you, they don't bring strangers into their palace. They're the Yakuza, they're very secretive. Letting anybody in like that is very dangerous for their own well-being and survival because you're, you're a mob, you're a secret society. You're not supposed to let anybody from the real world or the outside world because this is the real world, the real dark world here, the black market. And so they, there's this whole dichotomy where Tommy is this edgy prince in line who's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder because his cousin thinks takes him very lightly whereas he's kind of like okay so this guy really thinks he got he can best, best me i'm gonna best him and to play his own game and the whole film is just this big fight between these two cousins who are trying to take each other down and snake eyes is in the middle working as a traitor because he's supposed to be a mole for kenta so this whole thing was a ruse to get gain tommy's trust so he can get sent back to japan like a trojan horse and that's exactly what happened now Tommy's um, right-hand woman, uh, his head security, Akiko, has an idea that this guy can't be trusted, Snake Eyes, that is, and keeps an eye on him. But he wins her trust eventually by revealing his father's murder and, and explaining why he's there, what he's looking for. So, yes, he is looking for, to avenge his father's death, but he didn't tell her the full story that he's secretly working for Kenta under the, <laughs> under the ruse that Kenta is trying to kill him. And now, like, okay, they gave layers to this film. They didn't make it so one cut, uh, one note, I guess you could say. It has layers to it, uh, very similar Fast and Furious, all about family. But it's great because you get G.I. Joe characters like Scarlet and the Baroness from Cobra. And you realize that the people that killed his dad were Cobra, and that his dad, and that Snake Eyes' father was actually part of the G.I. Joes. So, in a way, he is lineage G.I. Joe because he ends up joining in the end of the film. But the whole journey is, Baroness, by the way, is played by the talented Ursula Corbero, who is an elite operative at Cobra, but also she is the one of the lead uh, robber, bank robbers from Money Heist. So shout out to Tokyo, you know, she's in the film and she fits her role, the Baroness, very well. And then Samara Weaving, oh my gosh, another film with Samara Weaving. I just reviewed Guns Akimbo and she was in that. And now she's in G.I. Joe as Scarlet. And my gosh, I knew there was a connection or I guess you can say. Alright, I have this little crush on Samara Weaving. She is fine as hell. Like, I'm not gonna just sugarcoat her. She looks good. And as Scarlet, she looks great. But in Guns Akimbo, she looked like a estranged street urchin that you would never like a thug that you would never approach her. In this film, she looks very much like how I would assume she looks like in real life, right? And I'm like, okay, Scarlet is definitely one of the big uh, lead G.I. Joes is there's introduction of her and the Baroness. That means that we're kind of building in this whole G.I. Joe interconnected universe that they're trying to do. A nice little reboot where they can bring in all the Joes in slowly. And that way we got sequels upon sequels. So this might be the beginning if it makes enough of a budget and box office hit that we can get more G.I. Joe sequels. And I hope it does because it deserves it. It was not a bad film. It was okay, but it was a good kind of okay. Where like, I put this film somewhere above G.I. Joe 2, but Actually, I might even put it above G.I. Joe 1. Let's keep it 100. G.I. Joe 1 was not the best. The first one that came out a few years ago. It was it was cool to see all the characters together, but it could have been better. There was something missing. And this one, I feel like they're taking their time by building the characters' backstories and giving them in morsels instead of just all at once. And that's probably what it is. They gave you this all at once. And, and them giving you pieces of the story and characters in the world, you're world building. And that's what made MCU so great, is the whole aspect of world building. You're introducing certain characters when needed into the story and 
you're giving people something to look forward to. And that's what I like about this film. And um, the guy that played Tommy, right, Andrew Koji, great actor. This guy is amazing. He's a great lead uh, antagonist. Can he be an antagonist? I mean, he's more like a supporting role, but eventually ends up being an antagonist because of the betrayal from Snake Eyes. But the whole film was wild. I loved it. There was so much going on with intrigue. Uh, I mean, one portion of the film, Snake Eyes, reveals that this stuff to him and Tommy just rewards him for saving him multiple times with a golden sword and then this is where Snake Eyes finds the location of what he's looking for this like golden jewel or orb that is essentially this super weapon and when in, towards the end of the film Kenza gets his hands on it because again no 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 foul or plane in love and war so Snake Eyes is just playing his role to get what he wants and in the end is a huge battle where all the people are fighting off Kenta and his forces but this orb is definitely OP and mind you grandma she is got some hands for her late stage of age she's there fighting alongside all her top people and there there was a lot going on in this film you got snake guys former trainers who are now guarding the temple from Kenta's forces so the whole film is like first you're introduced with these people as those who are training Snake Eye to see if he's worthy of becoming part of them, like, you know, initiation of some sort, and he needs to pass these three tests, and he manages to pass the three tests, and now that he did pass the tests, these people are now alongside him fighting off. And it's great, because you see this part of Snake Eye's where he, like, he's redeeming himself, even though he caused the issue to begin with. Yes, there's films not perfect. I mean, he knows his place. He was leaving, and because he was able to take down Kenta, I guess that was, like, a nice uh, way to redeem himself for what he caused but it, there's so much things that happen here so snake eyes steals this jewel has a knowledge of the clams temple and all that stuff delivering it to kenta kenta explains that this jewel is uh on behalf of cobra so he's giving the jewel to cobra big cobra so it, it's the reason that he's even doing this to begin with he's first finding out that cobra is his enemy then he finds out kenta's working for his enemy so he was secretly working for cobra without even knowing it through third party so to him the baroness being the liaison so he has been arming kenta with weapons so that he can seize control of this clan but snake eyes is then rewarded by kenta not by just giving the name of the killer they actually have the guy there tied up in some little shack by the docks because he is actually ex-cobra so they were able to just find a guy and, and tie him up so like snake eyes can do whatever the hell he pleases with him and he's trying to be better than him he doesn't want to kill the guy out of vengeance so he lets him be and just goes on his way and he's like no i'm better than this all these years i'm just looking for revenge and this is not the right answer so we have a whole weird dichotomy where this character is going through layers and layers of thought like an onion but towards the end tense is taken down and but he escapes but it, the orb is free is brought back to the temple and everyone's forgiven except Tommy is no longer fit to lead the clan as he broke his vow to never use the jewel and enraged at losing his birthright he's like you know what screw this I'm out of here if I'm not going to be the next in line to be the leader of this clan I don't want to be part of this family anyways and he just abandons his clan and what does he do he goes on a plane a private jet who's on the private jet the Baroness and she offers him a position at Cobra and this is where we get the origin of storm shadow snake guys his rival and i'm like okay so it all makes sense now this guy was definitely giving me storm shadow vibes because there was a callback where his uh 
head of security called them the shadows in a storm, something like that. And, and I'm like, okay, definitely foreshadowing his name being Storm Shadow. I get it now. And so, yeah, he goes and joins the Cobra. And then he, this is when Snake Eyes is about to leave, but he meets with Scarlet, who explains that his father was a G.I. Joe agent. And um, she offers him Snake Eyes uh, a position at the Joe's. Like, hey, come meet us. We're great. We think you can do some great work with us because you're very skilled and highly skilled. But you might need this. And this is where she offers him the Snake Eyes, the iconic Snake Eyes ninja suit. And that's the only time in the film he's wearing it. So I'm like, okay, I know it's an origin film, but what a damn tease. You didn't give us a few minutes. It could have been the last arc of him wearing the suit while fighting off uh, Kenza and his forces and alongside the people of the clan. But no, he got it as a gift from Scarlet because, hey, you helped us when we really needed you when this rage monster with a freaking magic orb was about to blow up the whole castle. <laughs> That's literally what it was. It was a very simple plot, I get it. I mean, there was a moment where Scarlet and Baroness have to team up because they had to take down Kenta because he turned on Cobra because he is going crazy with power. So there's that. But then in the end, everyone's gone their ways they're supposed to. So this film is definitely a fun one. My friend enjoyed it and I when we went to the theaters and it was, it was cool. It was not a movie that you're like, this is amazing, but it's definitely worth watching. I'd say it's a good three out of five star film, which is not bad. Three out of five is not a bad rating. That's just like your standard action flick, especially if it's a superhero film and you're building your world building, right? You're making this thing into the series. I can't wait to see where this goes if it is successful enough because we are still in a pandemic. Not everyone's still going to theaters 100%, so of course it's gonna cut into that. So I hope people watch it, enough people watch it where we get warranted and greenlit a sequel or even another spinoff of some sort. Maybe you can do a Duke film next because he is the leader of the G.I. Joe or you know what, any other character, I don't care. Just give us more of this. Hasbro, Paramount Pictures, shout out to y'all. You did a good job this time. Um, you definitely took the parts of the last film that were cringy and made it more serious, which I like it because that was the thing with the previous films. It was too tongue in cheek where it felt very um, Sam Raimi-esque, where this one felt like it fits in today's modern jokes. Like you can have humor in action films, but it's gotta be subtle. The characters gotta come off serious. These people are international spies essentially fighting off terrorist groups. And it definitely feels like that in this film. It does It does feel, have a more of a serious tone like the G.I. Joe series did, because if you ever watched the series, they never were joking in the series unless it was like celebration-wise, like in the end, like just like high-five each other for frequent admission. But besides that, they were always serious. So I'm glad that the film took the character seriously enough for me to care, like, okay, so this is definitely going in the right direction. But they weren't so damn serious, you know, that, you gotta find that balance. It's all about having balance. And this film was definitely it. It was an okay film. And I can't wait to see where it goes, where in the world uh, th this series might be going. And Hasbro has more down their pipeline. So this movie was lit. It was cool. I mean, you know, I don't say it was lit. It was definitely a little hyped for sure. It was, it was cool. It was a cool little film you go watch and you're like, okay, I, I dig it because two out of things that are out of control a lot of films are getting pushed back so it's nice to actually get a film released during the summertime and especially a blockbuster because it actually works so the bar is set very low but for even for that i will say it was a very entertaining fun blockbuster film to watch definitely something i'd see again if it was on tv so thank y'all for tuning in another cjr meter review i'm christian joel ramos signing off till next time thank you for tuning in and as always stay safe and take care